Welcome to the second episode of the Investment Couch. Today we have Clemens, our principal engineer, and the one who knows a lot about economy and what to expect, the current state, which we're going to discuss now. He got two master degrees from Germany and the US, so he can elaborate a lot on some interesting topics. Hi, Clemens. Hey, Anastasia. Happy to have you here. It's been a long way to come. Uh, we have discussed the interview possibility a few some weeks ago, so I'm excited uh, to dig deeper into current economy state, what you think about it, uh, and yeah, what we could expect from the future. So my first question to you would be, uh, how do you assess the current state of the economy in general? Well, currently I would say everyone is a bit excited, but looking back, in general, I would say we are back to normal and we got, we got, we got a bit, um, we now had like between the financial crisis in 28, 2010, and then following Europe crisis in some countries, we got a bit, uh, we had a strong growth period in most parts of Europe, Europe and people lost a bit track that economy, the life of the economy always comes with risks and cycles. And right now we are back in the state and so nothing new is just like usual, I would say. But the fear is great, even among our colleagues uh, in our environment. Everybody is expecting and talking about super strong recession and things like that. What's your opinion? Is it to be expected or is it more uh, emotional sentiment of the market? No. I believe it's, of course, there right now people are excited. There's a war in Europe. So uh, the EU is one of the largest uh, the largest economy in the world is kind of, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit, there, there is some, uh, like not, not necessary in first place economic risk, but there's political risks. And of course, now we also have economical risks following some impacts. So I would say people are mostly excited about the change, about losing kind of stability and, it's more the transition into a new way, which I would call the back to normal. This is makes people more excited. So we are leaving the exception and not entering new waters. Yeah, but uh, you also mentioned already the few factors that could impact the, and are impacting the situation in Europe and globally, uh, for instance, war. But what else could be a key factor for a stronger recession, for instance? I would not be uh, too concerned about uh, key factors of stronger recessions. Of course, there, there is always a reason why a recession happens, but there's also a reason why a boom happens. Even the latter one is harder to identify, I believe. I'm more concerned about their expected risks and unexpected risks. Can you elaborate more on expected and unexpected risks? Well, then people expect something bad to happen, they start to try to ensure, like, insulate themselves from the impacts of it. So when something should happen badly, they are prepared and they will act accordingly. So the bad thing which is going to happen won't affect the individual as strong as when it happens unexpected. So this is why I'm 
when a lot of people are talking about a huge risk was rising, rising on the horizon, then I'm confident that we will water this crisis well. And uh, I'm more concerned about things which jump in from the side. Yeah, true. Uh, so I think it's, um, we need to discuss more potential risk or challenges uh, in the global economy. Because uh, geopolitical tension is one of them, or trade policies. Are there any other ones? Well, I may, maybe we can again pick up from the previous we discussed. Um, everyone is talking about the, the U.S. Is, is right now they're negotiating the debt limit of the U.S. So that's a potential that the U.S. defaults on its um, its debt. So, in like technically, it's more a minor risk. It's more kind of a crisis of trust, which looms very huge. Um, I would say this is kind of a risk, but on the same, it's always the same gamble. And at some point, I believe people will find uh, together uh, common ground. And then there are, of course, other risks. Like I would say, we talk a lot about it. There might be a Taiwan crisis, the Ukraine war escalate. North Korea is shooting missiles around. Uh, the Middle East is, uh, is due to the focus on somewhere else of US and Russia right now is, is heating up again. Um, interestingly, this is a no, like you would say, these are more political risks to risk the economy than actually economic risks in the first place. These are all, I would say, expected. We talk it, we can daily in the news, we can consume them and enjoy um, the news from there. Even you can argue enjoyable, but probably do it most of the time anyway. Um, so, but then I want, for instance, what is kind of here we are in Switzerland, what happens when the integration of the credit Suisse into the UPS somehow doesn't work out and or they are unexpected huge losses and suddenly the UPS gets it comes into a struggle I mean it's far less prominent they of course the event of the credit Suisse uh, you know, crisis or how to call it in a proper manner um, is, is still in the headlines but what what might happen when something doesn't work out here I think it's not so well, well covered um what happens to there are some populist governments in the, in, in the EU what is when they implement some crazy measures due to uh, political pressure? We also have in, in China, or in China, is, I think it's not bad. We had a year ago, or one and a half year ago, so you see, I even don't know anymore. We had a looming, huge real estate crisis in China, and it's still ongoing. And on this way, during this crisis, China accumulated a 20% youth employment rate, what is huge. And it's might escalate any time, but it's not covered so much. So these are things which, of course, they are not unexpected because I know about it and I do not access any secrets. So it's, everyone knows it. So it's kind of much less covered and with lots of less attention. Following up on China, uh, there are many discussions now going on the web. That, uh, something like dead dollarization is happening. And China is uh, expected to be new ruler uh, in this matter. Uh, is this something you agree on or not really? 
that uh, dollar will be replaced eventually as international currency, as it happened before with British pound, for instance. I'm pretty sure at some time it will happen. So right now it's a process, not about the next couple of years and not something where I'm concerned about the economy or whatever. It's kind of, it's a long, continuous process over decades. So in the short and medium term, I, I'm Yeah, fair enough. Uh, getting back to more general global topics, uh, many people are not really aware of the concept of inflation when we are facing this with our users that many, uh, many, many people don't calculate it when thinking of their wealth. Uh, can you please explain the concept of inflation and how it affects individuals and businesses in general? Well, inflation... I think it's simply that the general price level increased. So a good which costs 10 Swiss francs today, it costs 11, uh, 11 Swiss francs tomorrow. And when this happens across the board, not only from one supplier altogether, increase the prices, the general price level increases. And this is then called inflation because for the money you have, you can pay, you can buy less. Of course, over time, in general, inflation is that off when you say then uh, I, I need to pay more um, for the goods I'm purchasing. And then, of course, workers will ask you in most cases for more money and we say we would like to have a higher salary. So you offset this inflation thing because, of course, as long as like the wealth grow, uh, growth of the economy is beneath so the Eventually, you can say there's nominal growth of uh, GDP and then the inflation. And when you co uh, when you combine them, you have the real GDP. And what you're looking at is to increase the real GDP over time. And when this is not happening, then, of course, you, the economy is not getting richer. But it's then uh, it's our life would stagnate and could argue if it's a problem or not. Um, for, for to distinguish between individuals and businesses, um, for individuals, basically means inflation means re reducing the spending in the first place because you have less money to spend because prices are higher than before while in the first place your uh, salary keeps the same. And for businesses, it, it's a bit more interesting because then for businesses, they have an inflow basically to produce something you need input and then to create output. And of course, this input you need to purchase. While, of course, then you have a revenue side um, for your output. So then there you need to look and see where you can, as a business, you would like to purchase goods. And when you have, when you are as a con in the business as a, cons as a consumer, demand for the in output for the input goods has more power. Of course, then you can sustain your prices. If you have less power, um, you, you will face higher prices and on the same is on the, on your output side. When the consumer, when you are, you are as a supplier and have a huge, uh, a strong power on the market, you can easily rise your prices. Yeah. And then, of course, you need to make sure that you are not ending up in the trap that your, your prices, like you, you cannot increase the prices as you like, but your inputs getting more pricey. So there you need to be. So. But in general, I would like to say something generally into inflation. Um, we have for a long time, we experienced now a period with very low inflation, but 
inflation is often called like the oil of the economy to keep it running smoothly. That was my next question. So how does the current inflation rate actually compare to historical norms? It's um, just looking at the inflation rate itself. Um, boring news, nothing new again. When you look back into like we, we, right now, we have an external induced inflation shock and we had it in the past, the oil crisis, exactly the same story uh, and or not entirely exact, but a very similar story would be more the proper term. So there, I'm not so con concerned. Um, I believe we are there good people working in the central bank politics to mitigate this issue. What is a bit of a concern and a change to previous times is when we look at the real growth rate, so basically the GDP growth adjusted by inflation over time, over the last, like when you look from a period from second world war beginning to today, the average growth rate decline mm -hmm. in Europe also in the US. And it means simply that even the, when then the nominal inflation has a huge change, so usually upwards like we have right now, the economy takes longer to recover to reach previous levels. And this is, from my perspective, the change that we have, we experienced such a strong inflation into an environment where the growth dynamic is lower than we have seen it in we now talk about something that is, uh, yeah, 50, 40, 50 years mm -hmm. ago, right? Um, the dynamic is lower, so we will probably, I would assume, just it's over the thumb that it takes a bit longer that we uh, stabilize again, but yeah, I'm not too concerned. And are there any specific drivers of the inflation in the current economic, economic environment? And how do you expect these factors to evolve in the coming months, maybe even years? Maybe here I need to split this question a bit. So maybe we go back to where the inflation right now is coming from. It's, it was, we had, we had, after COVID, the economy was jump starting and the world economy was jump starting in Europe in 2021. We started to, to see, um, the gimmish in between Russia and Ukraine, Ukraine to heat up. So natural gas, oil prices started to rise and on a really a strong pace. So I looked up, it's like in, I think in December 2021 and to March 2022, oil prices rose by 80%. Oh, wow. And this is a lot in a very short period of time. And so what happened is, Suddenly, everything what is related to natural input, which is our economy is not sustainable yet. So at some point, we need to source from commodities input. When those commodities rise, suddenly our prices go up. And when they do this for, it's a, it's a kind of external shock, which push the prices up. And then we had an inflation because suddenly everywhere the prices of course, the first thing is when you when you get the gas for your car, it's the first thing when you see it, and then and suddenly you will see it in foods which heavily rely on the sources like chemicals and so on. And then it, slowly it walks through the economy. 
and this is what we happen what happened right so during 20, 2022 they all the time especially then in europe in the us too especially in europe very strongly the prices for natural gas were skyrocketing and this sudden change brought a lot of trouble and challenges to the people and also it was the driver of this of the of the inflation now the prices of oil and gas are coming back they're stabilizing going down it looks uh, very good at the same time inflation is somehow a bit stubbornly remains high even like in the US right? it already went back to five Germany has the biggest European economy we are at eight um, I think overall you came back under 10 or is it eight or I just read uh, one like tough example was Great Britain now they have beneath ten percent of inflation again, so it seems to stabilize in general. But then to say what is the what comes the future? So obviously the economy, like the inflation, was induced in the economy. Imagine like a stone thrown in the water, where you have a splash in the center, and then you have the waves which in circles go out. And exactly this happened now to the inf- to the inflation. The issue now and now is it's now hard to predict and yeah yeah i was always curious how what role does emotional sentiment play in all of it so how much uh, does it impact the economy state in general i would pick up on the emotion i would in economics emotions you you call expectations <laughs> okay so it is uh, pathetic. <laughs> it is uh, the, the this is a uh, yeah, this is exactly where I try to counter. It is the inflation now driven is by the expectation of the actors in the economy. Yeah, and the question is how does this expectation develop? So, in kind, in some way, we need to break the dynamic of the inflation. What this central bank is trying right now, right? they're increasing the uh, um, interest rates, and basically, what the economy the economy hasn't changed so much at all. It's an extremely induced shock via the prices, via political change. And what the central bank now tries to do is basically slow down demand. Demand is us, we are the consumers, the businesses are chasing goods. And what they do is, okay, we take away, well, like in some sense, wealth from you with, this, with the increase of the interest rates and they pull hard. So they decrease the demand side, and this is what they're doing. And I'm, let's see, it's right now. It looks like they are successful, or they start to be successful. So to say what is happening in the future is very difficult because how to expectations? Um, you could go to some core inflation measures like wage rigidity and stuff like this, but they, we have an issue since. Uh, the COVID crisis, those core inflation measures um, are kind of noisy, you would say, that's the difficult term, noisy, <laughs> because they are not, don't, do not look as reliable as before. And the best, like the most reliable number, but this is also just anecdotal, is I, I read a newsletter from Paul Krugman, who then um, referenced Joseph Politano, who wrote a huge blog article both economists 
um, about where to look at, and they say it's the, the expected inflation of businesses in the whole that businesses know a bit more due to the problem with the input and output prices and have a bit more control and a better feeling for inflation, then their expectation will guide us to it. But it's, no one knows, it's just a, the best guess to be like this. But what people care about most usually and afraid of most is obviously losing wealth. And uh, I think we can learn a lot from the past, from how it was uh, before, how uh, inflation was handled. And maybe you have some uh, tips or input on how can investors, for instance, protect their portfolio against the impacts of inflation. I cannot answer this answer for stocks or for, for a stock in particular. Mm -hmm. So I think this is always a big discussion about okay, there's inflation, which, or there's a recession. Always when things go, go south, investors look for this, these stocks, for the stocks which save me from the negative turn. Um, from my perspective, very tough choice, especially in inflation. Like, take as an example, um, all the kind of oil companies or commodity companies in general, during COVID, they didn't perform so well. It was mixed picture and also some went really down. Then came the, the commodity price increases with inflation. And suddenly it looked really, when you were in the commodity companies, then it was a, you could made a really some, some good gains. <laughs> uh, right now it doesn't look so, it's still good, but the, the risks are, we, we, we did just, we might get a recession for some unexpected reason, not discussed before. Or when I'm an oil company, I, you could be concerned about uh, right now the West is trying to create a cartel against Russia to cap their oil, oil revenues when they're successful. This is not good news for any uh, oil company because then the buyer's market uh, the, and the seller's market turned into a buy side market or shows more potential and become a buy-side market due to change to renewable energy. Um, so then there you can, can predict a risk there again. So what I would say protecting your investments or your portfolio from the inflation is diversify the portfolio and believe in this that eventually there's an inflation in the economy. It's not a static thing, it's a dynamic thing. So you will level out this inflation and then basically in the moment where the economy makes up for the losses due to the inflation, the stocks will perform well too again. And basically your portfolio will continue. We have touched this topic a bit, but is there any specific type of investment? You said a stock is questionable, uh, but is there any other type of investment that perform well uh, maybe, I don't know, real estate or whatever um, during the inflationary periods. I'm not sure for, for, for inflation. I'm maybe in our current state of inflation, not if you would have a kind of a hyperinflation or so we talk about a much, much stronger inflation, so really about 100% or something like this. Then, of course, people tend to move to uh, tangible assets. So you buy uh, yourself about the gold 
what. So everything what is kind of not directly, of course, it's also related to the economy, obviously, right? But of the outcome of the crisis, it's not directly related how much worth it is. And then you say, I have a stock and the company faces the risk of going bankrupt, then um, of course, I won't have it anymore. My, 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 my watch and my gold, I will have it home. And it will be always available, but we are far from this situation here. And so I'm not concerned. Okay. And if you have any insights or maybe suggestions for people who just start uh, looking to build a wealth or yeah, to grow wealth over time, long term, uh, what do you, would you have some? Over the long term, yeah. from my personal experience, I cannot answer this yet because I'm, I'm just Not thirty <laughs> and may, maybe come back in forty years. They come back in forty years and I will give you the um, <laughs> or better not, and it didn't work out. Economy is a science, so it should be something you know, not not emotionally involved, but from your experience and from the history, maybe. Well, there I would I would roll with the same train like I mentioned before. Um, eventually, I, I would believe the economy. We have always potential to improve. I cannot promise it that it will happen for for always because history also proven that there were long stagnation periods. Um, but that the economy grow and we, we will increase our general wealth. I believe in this will. Quite in our in my lifetime in the Western world, it will continue. So, what I then can say is, how to grow your wealth is get some assets which are less volatile and give you solid returns. I think this is most people are used to this concept and saying, okay, we go buy government bonds. Now they yeah. had less uh, returns, so people moved ETFs, replaced to say, okay, here I have something which I kind of ha keeps me leveled and same with the entire economy. And then I would put in a part of the assets into more in the, in, in, well, in the stock market, right? In different stocks, which are particularly dependent or contradicting depending on how you want to distribute, um, the, the macroeconomic business cycle. So to take the gains there. And of course then, but this is of course then the smaller share, um, Let's go and hope to beat the market and try to look for some good investments which give me a overperforming return than all the others. But of course, uh, where it goes up, it goes down. But this is. Thank you. And, but you forgot, I think, about one important tool that you can use as being the principal engineer of equity. You should have mentioned RF. But for somebody, uh, for anybody listening to this podcast, maybe you can elaborate how our tool can help uh, to manage wealth shortly, briefly. Sure. Well, I think when when you're not when you haven't joined us, Yekati, download the app in the App Store, and why you should do it. First thing, we have an incredible portfolio view for you for your assets, for your stocks, for your ETFs, for your cryptos, for your currencies. Just go in and you see details. I assume you have never seen before in your, on other platforms. So it might take a couple of seconds until you get the grasp of 
what you all you see, but in the moment where you see it, and I can promise you, it's we 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 as Yekati did a great job here, and then um, when you look for the new opportunities, I think we have an incredible, cool asset universe. I get lost in it from time to time because there are, when I search and I get so many interesting hits and I see companies, I have, I must say, I have never heard from them before. I have never thought about them. And, but then looking at them and looking at their numbers, it's kind of, sometimes it, it catches me and, uh, it feels like I want to know more. And I think this is the best more from more is coming from UKT. So exploring will get better. Your, what you can discover is when we have much greater details and an investor will give you even better insights into the company and of course uh, improving our portfolio view is also good. Thank you. I must say I'm really happy that uh, people with such an expertise are uh, committed to develop our product and our aim uh, as a company and as a team is to provide tools and space uh, that will help people to invest smarter in the end and to grow wealth eventually and yeah we will um try to cover many other different topics and maybe we'll have another episode with clemens and if you have any specific questions you want to address uh, or you are curious about uh, opinions we please let us know in any way uh linkedin social media or email and thank you very much clemens for uh, Providing your time covering all this topic it was really great. I also learned something new. And stay tuned. See you next time. Have a great rest of the week. <laughs>